friends with Cinefits. I am your host, Alex McAllister. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're just going to get right into it. Today, I have a wonderful friend, Jacob Clifton. Jake, say hello. Hey, everyone. It's Jake. <laughs> um, so, before we talk about like what movie we're going to do, I'm going to say how we know each other, because I always forget that part. Um, we work together. I guess... That's I about you it. Say you didn't remember how we knew each other. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, we worked together, and you know, a few months back, I think it was whenever I was on third shift was when I started this podcast. Um, but your roommate Kramer, he like messaged me one day or something. It was like, "Hey man, have you seen The Gentleman?" And I was like, "No, I haven't." And he's like, "Okay, it's it's pretty good. You should check it out." And I did my like. Yeah, okay, maybe. And then, like, a week later or something, me and you were talking, and you said the exact same thing. And that's what made me want to start the podcast. Like, literally, you two saying it. Because I'm like, there's so many movies that people say, hey, you should check this out. And I'm like, yeah, I will. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to. So, thank you for bringing it up. I had no idea I was this influential. Yeah, you you were, so... And then it took you thanks. five months to get me on the show? Yeah, it did. Um, sorry about that. I didn't <laughs> want to watch the movie. Uh, I knew nothing about it at all. That's fair. Other I than... Mean, sorry, go on. I don't like like knowing what a movie's about a lot of the time when I go into them. I just kind yeah. of hear like, a recommendation. I do like going into it, but... Yeah, that's what... Um, with this one, I didn't know anything about it until I bought it, and then I read the back, and it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to read the back of it, I guess, and so everyone knows what we're talking about. All right. Um, full spoilers ahead, Hong Kong or whatever. I don't know why I just did that, but anyways. I like it. Thanks. Uh, like I said, also, we're doing The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie. I think it came out. Here's the weird this thing. Year, also, last year. Yeah, so... Whenever you look up The Gentleman, it'll have, like, The Gentleman, and then in parentheses, 2019. But it was released in 2020, so I wonder... I didn't look into it, but I bet they did, like, a premiere in 2019 or something. And so it counts as that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'll read the synopsis for it. The Gentleman follows American expat Mickey Pearson, who built a highly profitable marijuana empire in London. When word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business forever, it triggers plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail, 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 in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. Perfect synopsis. There you go. Um, it it adds like a bunch of stuff in at the end, like oh this this star-studded. Um, oh, it describes it as. A star-studded, sophisticated action comedy. And I think it's a couple of those things, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I think um, it hits a couple of those points. Yeah. So, I'm just going to go through uh, more of the background on the movie. If you have anything to say, speak up. I might throw in some questions, so be on your toes. Okay. Okay. So, this has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. It had a budget of 22 million and the box office it made 115 million so made some money which right before covid too 
Yeah, they that's true. In right before everything got shut down. Yeah, and this was directed by Guy Ritchie, as I said. So it kind of makes those numbers I just said a little more interesting, because if you just Google um, like biggest box office bombs of all time, I think he has three of them. Um, he has Is Man from Uncle, one of them. Yes. Oh, how do you feel about that movie? I love that movie. Yeah, I I like it. Um, and then King Arthur. Okay, I haven't seen that one. I don't think yeah, I'm that one to. lost. So Man from Uncle lost eighty million. The King Arthur movie lost a hundred and thirty million, and then um, Swept Away, which had Madonna in it, it only lost nine million, but the budget was ten million, so it lost <laughs> nine tenths of what they paid for it. So that's not great. Man from Uncle is heartbreaking because I think the name just ruined it. And I don't know when I, I remember seeing previews for it and I was excited. And I mean, it had mm-hmm. Henry Cavill and Arnie mm-hmm. Hammer and I saw and Alicia Vikander. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of her. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know about man from uncle until like a family friend was like, Hey guys, come over and watch this. And then, I don't know. It's like really charming, and I don't know. I yeah, it's, it's so a good much movie, fun. and it's different yeah. than his other Guy Ritchie's other movies, which yeah. this one kind of comes back to. Yeah, have you seen any other of his movies? I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, like Sherlock, probably mm-hmm. was like I don't know when that came out. Uh, may have been one of my first of his, but like I love Snatch. Mm-hmm. Snatch is one of my favorite. Okay, uh, it's my favorite of his, I'd say. And then yeah. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And then I don't remember Rock and Roll, but I know I've seen it. But I'm a okay. big Guy Ritchie fan. I love I, these crime dramas or crime yeah. comedies. So this is only the second movie of his that I've seen other than Man from Uncle. And I didn't even know he did that until, I guess, researching this. So I was kind yeah. of excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's... I don't know. I feel like, at least from uh, critic reviews, he makes average movies. Um, so the highest he has on Rotten Tomatoes is seventy-five percent, which is this, and then Snatch is also tied for it, I think. Um, and then most of his movies are like in the sixties and fifties range. Average is fifty percent. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's yeah. Above average. Don't, there you go. Don't dish this, my man, like that. Okay, um, he also made the new Aladdin movie, which made a bunch of money, I guess. I didn't uh, see it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, um, I don't really have a desire to, but oh well. It's, it doesn't even seem like a Guy Ritchie movie, which is like, uh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, looking at all of his movies, that's the one that it's like, Aladdin, really? You've, you've not seen Sherlock Holmes? No. Oh, okay, so Sherlock Holmes is like a bigger blockbuster. But it still mm-hmm. kind of feels like a Guy Ritchie movie. Okay. And I'm, I don't know about King Arthur or Aladdin, but they just don't look yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and he is known for his British gangster films, is what like the first sentence of his Wikipedia says. Um, so yeah. That's we'll, my jam. <laughs> there you go. We'll get into the cast. Um, we have Matthew McConaughey. How do you feel about him? Um, I mean, I feel like 
it's the same as everyone's opinion. I didn't really care for him until True Detective season okay. one. And I haven't seen it. At that point, <laughs> I was a huge Matthew McConaughey fan. I mean, the past okay. ten years, maybe a little longer, he's just been putting out incredible dramas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won Best Actor for Dallas Buyers Club, which has been on my watch list, but I just haven't seen it. Um, I don't... I'm not a fan of his. I just think his... I don't know. It's getting old to me. His shtick of just, like... He's very eloquent, but that's all he does. Like, once he starts talking, I kind of just want to tune out. And that started with True Detective. So if you're already tired of that, I don't know if you'll like... <laughs> he's just very wordy and philosophical in True Detective, but... Yeah. You should watch I th- it still. I think, like, probably True Detective, he did that, and everyone's like, ah, oh, he's good, and then now it's just like, hey, we want you to do that exact thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's... I, it's just not for me. I don't see the fascination. Um, my friend asked this week if you could watch... You could only watch movies that have one actor. Who would that actor be? And my friend said Matthew McConaughey. And I was just like, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't pick that. Well, can I... I, don't, I hope this isn't getting ahead of it, but like, how did you feel that judgment carried into this movie? Did you did you feel like he kept that stereotype that you have for him? Or? Yeah, like, okay. I don't know. Whenever his scenes were the least interesting part to me, like, I liked the, like, Hugh Grant and um, Charlie Hunan, Hunnam or yeah. whatever. Um, I liked their stuff, and then I liked um, Colin Farrell, his weird coach thing um but yeah i just i didn't really like matthew mcconaughey in this like not i think he acted great like he did what he was yeah told to do i just i don't know it it didn't work for me i guess um and so yeah i'll move on to the rest of the people um charlie hunam hunam i don't know how to say it um he was in sons of anarchy and Pacific Rim and King Arthur with <laughs> Guy Ritchie. Um, he plays Raymond in this. So I just wanted to get... I'm real bad at names. I don't... He seems very familiar, but none no. of those things you've named I've watched. Yeah, and I thought I he was why. the guy from Vikings, but he's not. Um, okay. I think he reminds yeah. me of Tom Hardy, maybe. He know. does. He... That was also... Um, like looking at the cover of this, the the listeners can't see it, but you can. He's right there. Yeah, he looks like he's trying to look like Tom Hardy. <laughs> it's a good look to go for. Yeah. Um, and then also in this Hugh Grant, which I know from Bridget Jones' Diary and Paddington Two. <laughs> How do you have you seen any of Hugh Grant's movies off the top of your head? Um, I haven't seen either of those movies, so... Wow. No. But, You're missing I out mean, on Patty. I know I've seen Hugh Grant, because he's been in... I feel like he's just been in a lot of things, but... I think he was in Man from Uncle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, he was. He was yeah. one of the CIA, or I think the British. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one I have written down that I already mentioned was Colin Farrell. Um... 
He's in Horrible Bosses. Have you seen The Lobster? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, it's on Netflix, I think. It's weird. It's where, like... It's, it's like a crime to be single. And so, like, I don't know. They All the single people, like, if you get divorced, they put you in, like, a a thing and then if it doesn't work out i think they like make you into an animal which is pretty much they just like kill you and then they like release an animal it's really weird but i recommend it if you're in the mood for weird another weird one he's in is killing of a sacred deer i've never heard of that it's also very weird i'd heard good things and then i went home and visited with my family and i was like hey guys let's watch this movie i wouldn't recommend that it's a little weird for that (laughs) It's always um, a terrible move jumping yeah. into a random movie with the family. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, both of those movies, if you're into weird, like one night you're just like, I feel like watching something just weird. Those. I keep saying the word weird, but that's the only way to describe it. And then he's also going to be in the upcoming Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which I'm excited for. Colin Farrell? Yes. Um, he's wearing, like, heavy prosthetics in it. Like, I, he was in the trailer, and you have to, like, pause it and be like, is that Colin Farrell? I think my favorite Colin Farrell movie is In Bruges. Never seen it, but it is on my watch list. Okay. And then Seven yeah. Psychopaths is also great. Any time Colin Farrell is playing with his actual accent mm-hmm. is when I love Colin Farrell. Okay. He's, he's just a unique guy, like... He's not afraid to go all out, and I, I like to see it. I loved his intro to this movie. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> which, that's all the people I have written down. There's also um, Henry Golding, he was in Crazy Rich Asians, which um, is really good. Yeah, is he, um, I don't it's like a two-word duff Yeah, <laughs> so, something I? Yeah. Is it, maybe? He's the younger Asian, correct? Yes. Um, With, you know, Matthew, the one who's trying to acquire Matthew McConaughey's weed business. Yeah. Um, He's from an HBO series called Succession. Yeah, Uh, I saw that. Um, Or I haven't seen Succession, but I saw he was in it, like, won awards for it. Um, How'd you feel about his character? I liked him a lot in this movie. (laughs) Okay. I thought he was hilarious. (laughs) I wasn't a big fan. I couldn't place, like, where his accent was from. I don't know if that's his actual accent or not, but I don't know. Something sounded weird with it. Um, I think he was just being like, incredibly flamboyant. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't know what they were going for, but I just yeah. kind of enjoyed the, the contrast of uh, his, like, feminine voice and then Mm -hmm. when he's talking to uh the guy from crazy rich asians he's like i've been Mm -hmm. in this in with the sharks for for 30 years you're a fucking Mm -hmm. minnow that's gonna drown or something yeah um so that's about all i have on the cast um is very male heavy cast which um from what I've read about Guy Ritchie is that's what some people have issues with, is that, I don't know, he has, his movies are mostly male-heavy. Um, I did not like the woman in this, Michelle Dockery. How did you feel about her? I didn't mind her. She was getting raped. And yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a weird, like, 
kind of unnecessary. I don't know. Came out of that, nowhere. Yeah, the the rape scene came out of nowhere, but also like she wasn't even reacting. She just like looks to the door and smiles and sees her husband or whatever. And I don't know. She didn't look traumatized at all, which you'd think she would be. The motive isn't there either. I mean, I guess yeah. I don't really know the motive of her rapist. But <laughs> yeah. Like no, the the guy like. I don't know to do this now or not, but we'll do it. Um, she, like, shoots two people, and she literally said, like, this this has two bullets, and there's three people there. And so you're like, okay. I thought it was pretty um, obvious. Like, okay, there's three people there. One of them is a character we know, and she has two bullets. Obvi- like, obviously, she shoots those other two, and then there's a quarrel. So... Um, I, I guess I didn't realize there were three people in there initially because she was telling one guy to back off, but I don't know if yeah. they had been in the camera yet. And then obviously the the guy from Crazy Rich Asians we knew was in the, the room. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a third guy until like the first guy got shot and then there's three of them and she had already announced there were two bullets. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, which so. she just shouldn't, shouldn't have said like, <laughs> there's two bullets in this gun, you know, like just, yeah. hey guys, have I have a gun. You can make that same threat, but say there's three bullets in this gun. <laughs> say it's fully loaded. Like, then you don't have the opportunity where you might get attacked, which ends up happening. Um, but yeah, the guy just like is like, well, there goes your two bullets, and then starts attacking her. And, you know, you're like, hey, someone has a gun pointed at you and just shot two of the homies. You know, you're going to fight back. But then he's just like, he looks down at her at her behind area and then he's just like wait a minute i could rape this woman (laughs) right now in her office where she works where there's a bunch of people outside and then he does it doesn't make any sense um but anyways how how does it ever get to that well we'll tell you (laughs) um essentially matthew mcconaughey like the synopsis says um he deals marijuana and a lot of it um, and then he wants to get out so him and the the lady can, you know, just retire or whatever. She didn't seem like she wants to retire. He was just going to retire, I think. Yeah. Like, I think it was it's, sad. You know, he's like, oh, I just want to go lay out on a beach or whatever. She didn't seem like she wanted to do that. Um, but he tries to sell it to a guy. Um, I don't remember what his name was you said it earlier matthew in the movie matthew yes um he tries to sell it to matthew and you know he's like okay that's a lot of money or whatever but i think we got a deal and then someone raids the their supply or whatever first off whenever matthew mcconaughey is taking the matthew guy on a tour and he's like hey man I'm going to show you, uh, like, my weed or whatever. And they get out of the car, and there's just, like, a red storage container there. And the guy's like, I don't see any weed around here. It's like, where do you think it is? Obviously, like, this guy has so much money. Obviously, it's going to be underground. Like, where else would it be? Did you have the same opinion? Yeah, you drove up to a single container, and you act all surprised when you walk into a container with just a table in it, and it's pushed back, and then there's an underground facility. 
Yeah, and he was just like, what? It's like they haven't seen Pineapple Express. Like, exactly. You know where weed grows. It's underground. Yeah, oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, there was So there was that one that bothered me a lot. And then mm-hmm. it was very obvious from the beginning, the only person that we've seen in this movie who knows where the grow house is is the one trying to buy your business. Like, Yeah. And so, yeah, it eventually gets raided, and they're like, well, how the heck does anyone know where this is? And then... Let's think. Yeah, um, Henry Golding, the guy from Crazy Rich Asians, he plays like... Dry Eye is the main... Dry Eye, yes. Um, He comes, and he's crazy, and he's like, I want to buy out your business right now. Um, And he's like, I know you're selling, like, you want out. How else would he know that unless freaking Matthew told him? And then they're like, oh, it must have been Dry Eye that, like, raided us, but we don't know how. And, like, I don't know. It takes so long for them to find out, and they're just like, they were working together. Yeah. So I guess that's actually something that I want to bring up that we Mm -hmm. haven't talked about. I think that, like, the main character in the in the movie like Hugh Grant mm-hmm. it like comes to Charlie Hunnan and then it's just like he's the narrator and the storyteller but he's a part of it we don't know if he's like a false narrator or if if he does like if the story he's telling if is that the story or is that his mm-hmm. script that he's been writing to to sell off yeah um so yeah he he goes to Charlie who is um, Mickey's best man, or like number one dude, you know, he's his right hand man. That's what it's called. Um, and he's like, "Hey, I got all this dirt on you because Big Dave, this guy, this editor at the oh, yeah. newspaper, you refuse, your boss refused to shake his hand, so he's gonna bring you down. So I have all this information that I'm gonna post in the newspaper. I thought the whole Big Dave angle." was pretty stupid Um, yeah and the conclusion of big dave yeah (laughs) i didn't understand either yeah which i we can just touch on that now so we don't forget um they like kidnap him and make him have sex with a pig and And then they're colin farrell kidnaps him and makes him have sex with a pig and then is presenting this video to charlie hunnan and is like, yeah, I don't know what happened or how it happened. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just like, yeah, that's stuff out of your nightmares. Um, you made like, he was there. Dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they recorded it so that they're like, hey, if any stuff on Mickey goes public, like, you're screwed because, like, this is going out to everyone. Um, which, I mean, I feel like that was there to move the plot along. I don't know, like, yeah. yeah. It, it's not it a was, major part. Yeah, I didn't care about it too much. It was just a weird setup. Like, after I he think, was discussing it with Colin Farrell, it was just like, I don't know how this happened. What? Yeah. I think they just needed, like, that newspaper part to be like, okay, why is... Why is, did Hugh Grant write this movie? You know? Like, yeah. Why does he know everything? Oh, because he was hired by this guy... Because Matthew McConaughey didn't shake his hand at a party, which is so stupid to me. I'm sorry. Um, 
But which is the anyways. whole catalyst to the movie, though? Or exactly. Like none of this would have happened if Matthew McConaughey would have shook the guy's hand. Which first off, you know, just shake the dude's hand. I don't. Remember. They said like a two sentence long backstory on why he didn't shake his hand. I don't remember what it was. It was probably longer than that because Hugh Grant <laughs> would go on the longest explanations ever, which was my yeah. favorite part of the movie. Okay. Um, I do think him and Colin Farrell were the best parts of this movie. I agree. Um, yeah. But, so, Hugh Grant, he he has all the information for Mickey, like we said, and he wrote a screenplay, which is literally just, like, the story of the movie. And at first, I was like, this is pretty cool, like, how they were telling the story. And you could see that, like, Guy Ritchie is a huge film fan by like the stuff he was saying um like what what he wrote or whatever um but after like an hour of just hugh grant like reciting like his screenplay it like the bit got old to me i never got tired of it i think because okay. i think hugh grant's delivery was so good the whole time like yeah if it had been a lesser performance i would agree mm-hmm Okay, I, I, I can love see it. Hugh Grant. Yeah, he was really good in this. I've never seen him in like a role like this. Obviously, I've only seen him in Bridget Jones' Diary and Paddington Two, and Man from Uncle. Um, so I wasn't expecting that out of him, but yeah, he's awesome in this. Um, so, how did you feel about like the subplot of? the girl that they went to save? Oh. I, I don't know. I didn't give that one too much thought. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, how what, what did you feel about that little... I There were a couple things know. that came through that I like had ideas that I wanted to talk about, but mm-hmm. I was wanting to hear if you felt anything about that. Not really. Like, I don't... That seems like another part that's added into the movie to just like move the plot along like they go to save this girl and then they accidentally kill someone in the meantime which is i don't know it's kind of funny the guy they were fighting and this teenager yeah this teenager (laughs) fell off the balcony and then like they had to chase down all the teens that like got their videos out because they were in a uh, was it like they were in a different territory that like they don't own or whatever like there's a different drug lord there so they were like no one can know we're here um, I think it was just they didn't want to be murderers and, yeah and why don't um, <laughs> that's how it was yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I didn't really like the once Charlie Hunan um, Raymond once he, like, rounded that corner and there were a bunch of, like, gangsters there or something, they looked like just normal dudes. I think that's just London teens. That's what they Really? Do. They're all hoodlums. They just sit there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, like, rounds they the corner. They all dress in track suits and they just yeah, hang they out do. with knives. That's all <laughs> London teens do. Don't fuck with them. There you go. Um <laughs> But, yeah, he, like, rounds the corner, and there's a bunch of them, and he's just like, okay, guys, I'll pay you for that phone or whatever. I didn't like that, especially, like, when you can, when you contrast that to um, Colin Farrell's interaction with hoodlums. 
Yes. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. His um, intro to it, too. Or, like, his, yeah. Tom Farrell's intro to the movie was so perfect. Yeah, and I, like... I don't know. I kind of want to rewatch that scene now because it, it's so much fun. That's my favorite part of the movie, I guess. Um, it was like the second yeah. thing I wrote down was Colin Farrell's, Colin Farrell's intro. Love it. Yeah. Um, and you don't even know who he is at that point. Like You're just like, what's going on? And it turns out Colin Farrell, he's a coach at a gym. His name He's credited in this movie as coach. That's it. Um, he, he coaches like boxers or whatever who also are rappers, who also are gangsters and steal Hood, weed. I'm telling you, hoodlums. <laughs> Every London teen is a hoodlum. <laughs> I guess so. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're the ones that went and like stole the weed from Matthew McConaughey, and Colin Farrell's like, I, I don't remember who he talks to, but they're like, hey, as long as you didn't steal it from Mickey Pearson, then you're good. And then he's talking to one of the teens, and he's like, hey, I found out who we stole it from. And he's like, why? Why didn't you tell me earlier? Um, and then he's just like, don't say it's Mickey Pearson. And then he's just like, hey, how'd you know it was him? And then he's just like, oh, no. Because earlier in the movie, at the beginning, they make it a point to say, Mickey's a bad guy. He murdered people. Um, Damn Americans! Yeah, which also that like murder scene. He just like he goes in to do a drug deal, I assume, and it's like four people sitting there, and then he walks out with a bloody machete. Like, what a what a wild way to like murder people. Like, what did he? They did they talk about what he did it for? Like weed or money? It, I mean, I like as I recall, he looked down, just saw mm-hmm. rolls of cash, and yeah. Then... <laughs> Had and then just grabbed the machete. Yeah, just had a machete and murdered everyone. What a way to go out, I guess. Um, but that's like the only time he's violent in this, other than the like fake um, dry eye scene or whatever. Um, the, yeah, the fake one and then the real one at the end. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but they do like a fake one, and even during the fake one, like before they tell you it's fake, like. He's just like I'm a I'm a tiger in the jungle or whatever, and then he just like shoots him in the head or whatever, and I was like, that doesn't seem like his character at all. It, like he would have done some like eloquent dialogue that I would have hated, and then <laughs> Charlie Hunan Hunum was like, that's not how that happened, and then Hugh Grant's like, okay, but you know we gotta sell tickets. He's like, here's what actually happened, and then it was just an eloquent dialogue, and I was like, yep. Um, I like. I mean, honestly, like they they played it off well with with Hugh Grant saying his line like that. Like, yeah, because you did know it was fake, and then like Hugh Grant comes in and is like, yeah, of course, but yeah. Um, and then there's also like after that, you're. I was like, oh, they might not even be that dangerous. Like, yeah, they're like drug lords or whatever. But other than that one scene where young Matthew McConaughey murders people. Um, you know, they haven't been bad guys. And then, um, uh, Raymond, he's like, Hey, I got some Wagyu in the, the freezer if you want some. And then he goes and opens it and there's a dead body in there. And this was before you knew whose dead body it was. He says like, Oh, there's old Aslan or whatever. And that was the name of the teen who fell, 
out of the hold on. off the balcony. Hold on. Okay. Who, they've been making like lion references the whole movie. Who is the lion from the Witch in the Wardrobe? Is it not Aslan or something? Oh, it might be. I, I don't know. I really think I it know, is. I knew that name was familiar because whenever he said it, we didn't know that there was a character named Aslan. Yeah. And I was just like, huh, I wonder what he's referencing that I'm missing. Oh, shit. Well, this is weird. I just looked up okay. Aslan and it's the Turkish word for lion. Whoa. Look at that. There were a there lot of lion go. references. There really were. Which, um, I, all right. Well, actually... This is a stretch, and my English okay. teacher would be proud. Okay. So, during one of the scenes you probably tuned out during, because it was Matthew McConaughey making a, a long monologue and yeah. speaking eloquently, and you probably didn't like it. But he was making, uh, like, it was like a dragon talking to a lion. And I think mm-hmm. it was when Dry Eyes was there in the beginning, it was like that imaginary uh, yeah. like murder or something. I don't remember, I didn't like rewatch the scene or anything, but... Um, like, I think weed has, like, is, like, a Rastafari, like, you know, like, weed is, like, tied to Rastafarian, uh-huh. and I think Rastafarians have, like, a tie to lions. Okay. So, I don't know if that's some symbolism. It probably is. And then the <laughs> other storyline, that mini subplot with the, the daughter who, like, goes and hangs out with, they're all doing heroin, mm. and, like, they always say, like, don't ch- chase the dragon. Meaning, getting okay. that heroin high. And so okay. I wrote that down, but I actually, like, I think there might actually be something there. And I didn't, I, I did, thought it was yeah. a very long stretch, and then you brought that up. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that is. Um, God, yeah, good teacher. catch. I did not, yeah, your English teacher and your yoga instructor, because that was a nice stretch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought about it whenever you first said stretch, and I was just like, it's a bad joke, Alex. Don't say it. I love and then delivery. I, I thought of it again, and it was like, come on. <clears throat> um, so we've we've kind of, like, went through the, the plot. Um, there's another, like, old Asian dude who's supposedly, like, a rival drug lord. Nothing much really comes of that other than they were like, oh, he must have done this to take over and then he dies mm-hmm. um and dry eye was the one that killed him because he can dry eye was trying to go under him to buy matthew mcconaughey's stuff and the old asian dude was like hey dude what are you doing and then dry is just like come on screw you and killed him um and i i have one question all right Actually, it's not even a question. I got a statement, I guess, and I want to hear your opinion. I had, like, there was no investment for me in any of the characters. Like, any of them could have died, and it would have been like, ah, okay. You know, like, I I feel like there were too many characters in this with all the side plots that they had. Like, it wasn't just the main six on the cover. They had to add, like, Big Dave, they had, like, a Russian bad guy. They had the other old Asian guy. They had Matthew McConaughey's friend whose daughter runs away. And so, I think, like, taking the screen time away from the stars kind of just made me, like, not be invested in the characters. How do you feel about that? I 
So, yeah, I get... I think my favorite part, like, character was Hugh Grant's narration mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And we got plenty of that. So, yeah. I was satisfied there. If Matthew McConaughey died or didn't die, I didn't care at the end. Yeah. Um, so, I, I'd agree with, like, what you're saying. Like, it made me not care about it, but I really liked the cast and the writing like mm-hmm. or i guess the dialogue between all the characters and so that's mm-hmm. i think what made me like the movie mm-hmm. so i'm for it but okay. i get i get where you're coming from yeah there's also since you like brought up the dialogue um guy Ritchie says that like one of his major influences is quentin tarantino which i do feel like this is him trying to do like tarantino dialogue i haven't seen enough of guy Ritchie's other movies to like see if that's just how the dialogue in his movies is I think but for is. me okay yeah for me it felt like it was trying to do tarantino dialogue but in my opinion no one can do tarantino dialogue so I, it fell short for me yeah um, which I, I was gonna bring up earlier when you talked about um where you said you like guy Ritchie's love for film Mm-hmm. Um, and like how we had like the 35 millimeter film canister yeah. rolling around in the beginning and, and he's talking about aspect ratios of, yeah. of the film and stuff. It reminded me of like, uh, Inglourious Bastards. Mm-hmm. They're talking about all the film that sets exactly. up. Yeah. You, I can definitely see the Tarantino influences mm-hmm. on Guy Ritchie. Um, and then there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about that's not really related to the plot, but the costumes in this, I thought that they were cool, but also, like, it didn't feel... Do just rich British people just dress like they're in, like, the 1920s, I guess? I loved all the clothing decisions. (laughs) I did, too, but, like, once the movie started, and he, like, Matthew McConaughey walks into a bar, I was, like, trying to figure out, I was like, oh, I thought this would be, like, a modern-day movie but it looks like it's set way back or whatever. And then he gets out his phone, makes... Also, this really frustrated me. I don't know why. Makes the fakest taps on his phone. I don't know if you noticed it. You'll have to go back and watch it. He's just like... He whips out his phone, does that. The listeners can't see, so, you know. Oh, well. Um, (laughs) I was like, there's no way. It was a great imitation of what Matthew McConaughey did in the film for everyone listening. Exactly. Yeah, he didn't he didn't swipe to unlock, he didn't do face ID or anything. He didn't like press an app and then like scroll to touch something. He just like tapped his phone like three times with two different fingers and then was like on the phone. I was like I okay. Um You know, who's gonna steal a drug dealer's phone? Maybe he's just not that concerned <laughs> with security. He doesn't lock his phone or Yeah, I guess not. Um I don't know, it was wild. I it really frustrated me. I don't know why, um, but yeah, the costumes were cool. It, I was just I had no clue what time what they were going for with the time period at first. Uh, and so- I I don't know. I guess all all British teenagers are hoodlums, yeah, and all Impressive. rich British people dress a deck or like a century ago. I think that is true. Like uh, they they dress like. <laughs> And I think that's what Matthew McConaughey was going for because he was like mm-hmm. an American implant into, yeah. and he wanted to like conform with the rich Brits. And I think like mm-hmm. 
like in our society or in American society, like we have old money and new money, but mm-hmm. it's not like like old money isn't like established and respected like in England where they are they are there are these lords that have That's all true. this land that he's you know he's trying to inf- infiltrate that society mm-hmm. and i think that's he dressed like that okay oh i, I didn't that think of that me. so i like that <laughs> i didn't come up with that one i read that one okay well that made me appreciate the movie more um so yeah like we said um pretty much henry golding dry eye and matthew the jew as they call him um they they were working together i guess to take over and then matthew mcconaughey finally finds out and then um i i don't know where to go from here like what happens to oh the matthew character um they're in like a freezer yeah they didn't they didn't show us the resolution there yeah um he's just like hey you're gonna go in this freezer that's like negative 30 degrees or something he's like you won't last 10 minutes um but you'll go in there there'll be like a computer or something and you gotta like buy all the all my stuff from me um like you owe me all this money um so type while your fingers aren't frostbit and then this phone that doesn't yeah. require much tapping apparently okay. if, if yeah. we're going off Matthew McConaughey's gestures exactly <laughs> um, and then he's like yeah once you've given me the money we'll let you out and if not like you're just dead um, and then and Matthew McConaughey what? and a pound of flesh yes oh and he owed him a pound of flesh which if you had to take a pound of flesh off your body where what would you do? Thinking of, I was thinking about butt cheek yeah that's what I was thinking it'd probably suck to sit for quite a while yeah, or really, I, it would suck to do a lot of things without a butt cheek for quite a while. Yeah, I thought, like, take out my shin, but, like, sew my foot back on, so I just have, like, one shorter leg. So, yeah, <laughs> that seems miserable. But I guess, you know, they got, like, pretty good, like, stilts these days. Yeah. I don't even think they're called stilts, they're so impressive. Yeah, <laughs> but... I don't know. Oh. That was just a, a comedy way to <laughs> remove your a pound of flesh, I guess. I was trying to think. Yeah. It's like, how much does my hand weigh? Do I want yeah. two hands? But then again, two like, I, I wouldn't want to lose a hand over, like, you know, losing my butt fat. I don't have much, I guess, but... I guess um, I probably have, like, some stomach fat I should have thought of first that I yeah. could have cleaned up, like, <laughs> kill two yeah. birds with one stone right there. <laughs> Carve a little bit <laughs> off of, like, a leg or two. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. So, Matthew McConaughey goes and gets in a car, and you hear Colin Farrell's on the phone with his, like, the people he coaches, and they're like, hey, don't worry, coach. We got you. Like, we're going to be set for life. And their plan is to murder Matthew McConaughey. And so Matthew McConaughey gets in a car, and it's not his guys. It was Dry Eyes guys. Not Dry Eyes. The Russians. Yeah, the Russians. That's it. Um, so, the guy that fell out of the freaking Off the balcony and died, his dad was like the Russian... Aslan. Yeah, Aslan. 
his dad was a drug lord or some crime some mob Russian dude. mobster, maybe. Yeah, um, a generic Russian dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're all mobsters, right? Just like exactly. All London are <laughs> hoodlums. All Russians are mobsters. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, and all British people love tea. Is another one. Everyone <laughs> was just always drinking tea. Um, but yeah, he gets in the car and is like oh crap this isn't my driver and like the guy turns around and has a gun pointed at him and then what do you know coaches his group of um, rappers I guess they're like they whip out their car and start shooting everyone in the car and Matthew McConaughey escapes Um, does Raymond his like right hand man does he come and pick him up it, and I then, don't think it shows him until he walks in to the very end scene with his wife. Well, there's the car wreck. We'll get, or that's what I mean. Once he like escapes okay. the car wreck, right? Or are you yeah, saying Ray should have picked I, him up? Yeah, I didn't know how they got in a car for the car wreck. It's uh, okay. not important. Just the, them two linked up. And then um, freaking Raymond was like, hey dude, I think you should slow down. Even though Matthew McConaughey knew what's her what's her name was um, Dry Eye and his wife were hanging out not in a good way um, and so he's flying there trying to go save her Raymond kept saying hey dude slow down and then I think he finally slows down and stops and then they get hit by like a freaking semi um, and then yeah Matthew McConaughey runs and then it cuts to the wife and the two bullets thing that we talked about earlier and then she's getting raped, and Matthew McConaughey runs in, and just, you know, caps a dude, as the kids say. No, so, I think there are two different scenes where Matthew McConaughey gets hit in his vehicle. So there's okay. one, they get hit by the semi, and that's when mm-hmm. he runs to his wife. And then the scene where he jumps in the car where someone else is driving, and then the, the kid, Colin Farrell's kids, punks, like, pull up in front of them and shoot the driver. Oh. Remember? I thought this was all the same thing. No, there are two different, there are two different, like, crashes or Matthew McConaughey being a threat in a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense. Because in the freezer we find dry eyes frozen. And Matthew's yes. like, oh, who's this random frozen Asian? I don't care. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's acting like he doesn't know him. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey, like, pulls up a picture or a video of them talking to each other. And he's like, so do you still not know that guy? And he's like, business is business. Like, you know. Um, and then there's also the scene where uh, Matthew McConaughey goes and drinks a beer. Which, it's the first scene in the movie, actually. He's going and drinking a beer. He does the taps on his phone, calls his wife. is like, hey, let's have a date night tonight. And then... He hears a man's voice, and he's like, hey, who is that? And it was Dry Eye. Um, and then you hear a gunshot and, like, blood splatter. And so that's the start of the movie. And then it cuts back to that later, and Matthew McConaughey turns around, and it was his buddy Raymond saved the day. There was just some dude behind him trying to shoot him, and it turns some out Russian. it was the Russian. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, like, a Russian henchman, and they were just like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, they're like, who is this? And I um, think we didn't like we had no clue even at that point that the Russians were after him. It wasn't like till yeah, 
until Hugh Grant later reveals that yes. the Russians, yeah, are coming. Yeah, and so essentially, Hugh Grant had made a deal with the Russians and given them all the information um, for Matthew McConaughey and his whole yeah. empire. Yeah, and and so Hugh Grant was at um, Raymond's house with the cool grill and all that stuff. Um, and he was just like, he looked at his watch when he was talking and Raymond's like, why'd you look at your watch? And then they hear two gunshots and it was Colin Farrell. He came and saved the day. Cause he saw like the two, he knew was it he knew his buddies. Were, I don't know why he was there. Well, I don't so remember. He was, I don't remember why he was there. He was there at the grill for a while, and Hugh Grant like kept referencing to him. Yeah, he, let, he was about to leave, and then he saw like something funky going on. I think he, it was like the two guys get out of their car with guns. Oh, they opened the gate. I remember seeing them open the gate to go in there, and he's just like, "Oh crap, something's wrong." And so Colin Farrell runs in and shoots both of them. You don't see that, but you see like. Um, Raymond coming around the corner with his gun and he peeks around and there's two dead bodies. He's like, what, what is going on? And then it's Colin Farrell there. And then he and they turn point to say, this is like the fourth favor I've given you. Cause yeah. he's like making a big deal. Like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just yeah. trying to get out of this scenario. Exactly. Um, and then they turn around and Hugh Grant's gone. He like got in the car and sped away. And then how the movie ends is Hugh Grant goes to Miramax to, like, pitch his movie or whatever, which also, that really made me mad, because at the beginning of the movie, it says, like, hey, this is produced by Miramax, and then they're at a Miramax studio. It Like, I don't know, that kind of stuff, like... They're not going to advertise their competitor. I know, just make it, like, some generic (laughs) movie studio or something. might not know it's a movie studio. I don't mind it that much. I guess. And then at the Miramax offices, there was a poster of the man from uncle in the background. I enjoyed Um, that when I saw it. I was like, Oh, nice. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's clever. Um, and then, yeah, Hugh Grant's leaving and goes and gets in the car and he's like, like in a taxi and he's like, Hey, uh, go to Heathrow airport. And then it's Raymond who's the driver. And he like turns around and Hugh Grant's like, man, you got a lot of jobs. He says something like that. (laughs) I don't remember the exact one. He's like, man, I didn't know you were working this many jobs or something. And then you, like, he loses that, like, calm and collected thing and starts panicking and trying to get out, but the doors are locked. And then he just turns around and is like, oh, shit. I really love Hugh Grant in this movie. Yeah. He was kind of a scumbag because, like, he literally just sold them out to the Russians and the Russians were going to kill all of them and then he's going to make a movie about it. Well, and then he... You know, uh, Charlie Hunman put him in the in the box, and he's like, "Hold up, hold up! I got something you yeah. might want to know." He's like, "So I sold y'all to the Russians. So yeah. I told y'all this. They're coming. So you should escape now. So I should also escape, right?" Yeah. <laughs> he was betraying yeah. everyone, which would never play out well for him. Like either the Russians no. are gonna find out that he double crossed them, or especially like he's a private investigator, right? You know, like someone will pay him and. Think He'll so? do whatever. It's kind of like paparazzi, maybe. Like, yeah, um, he's something like that. Why would you choose to get invested in like these gangsters and like drug lords and stuff? Like, 
I don't know. He made a bad decision to do take that job. I think um, he's just a scumbag paparazzi, and he yeah, and he's he, just trying to make money because he was like, hey, for twenty million dollars, you guys can have this. Yeah, um, or he was gonna sell it to the Todd dude or Davis, whatever the guy, the editor. Big name Dave. Is. Big Dave. I he's think he's gonna sell it to yeah. him for like one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, um, and so I don't know, but anyways. Do you have any other like parts of the movie that you want to talk about before we conclude? Because I think I, we've hit all my talking points. I didn't. I had two quotes that I wrote down that I just very like really enjoyed. Okay. There was <laughs> I was just laughing out loud at them. They were just ridiculous. There was one. I don't even remember who said it. I think it may have been Hugh Grant. He goes, "In France, it's illegal to call a pig Napoleon." But just trying to stop me? Oh no! I yeah. think it may have been Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it was stupid, and I loved it. And then Matthew McConaughey, when he's in a conversation with Dry Eyes in the pub, he go he goes, unlike the salt and pepper, it's off the fucking table. Yeah, <laughs> just, I remember that one. That was all I had. <laughs> cool. Um. So yeah, if that's all we got, then. We'll start to wrap it up. Um, my first question is going to be, Jake, what would you rate this on our Friends with Cinefits trademarked scale of one to three? What's a two? It's whatever you want it to be. Oh. The, the scale is, is whatever it, you want it to one be. One is low, three is high? Yes. Or whatever I want it. Okay. I give it a three. Okay. I, I'm I a give it, fan, and yeah. I enjoyed the movie, so... There you so go. It's not um, it's not amazing, but I love it. Like I like it. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 2. I feel like it's very close to being like an incredible movie, but there, I don't know. I just did like the Matthew McConaughey part and you never really get into the characters um and I don't know. I I give it a 2. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. So, yeah, thank you I'm for glad. choosing it. Yeah. And then my recommendation for this, it feels kind of like a cop-out because it's British and the color scheme is the exact same, but I'm going to go Kingsman. Oh, I I knew it was coming. Yeah, like, I liked the first Kingsman. I didn't like the second. I think they're making another one. um, They are. That I I probably won't watch. I'll watch it. Like, the, the first one's really good, and... Yeah, it was weird to me. Just I literally looking at this, the same color scheme, and like they stand like it, they're dressed like it. I was like, is this like a spinoff of the Kingsman movies? Um, I guess it's not. But. I love. I think I love the second Kingsman just for Elton John. Like all that. I Elton didn't John. even. Have you re- watched it? I have, but I don't oh, remember it. He's great in it. There you go. Um, so yeah, my recommendation is going to be Kingsman. I think that's... Is that what the first one's called? Just the Kingsman? or mm-hmm. I think it's just the Kingsman. Maybe there's something, some subtitle. Yeah. And I know, I think the second one's the Kingsman 2, the Golden Circle. Yeah. Um, and then... Do I get to put a recommendation out? Yeah, you can. The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Go watch it. Yeah. I That would have been mine, but I recommended it already oh. for another movie. Right. I don't Hold remember on. which I'm one. i up with another... Another recommendation. <laughs> um, 
No, The Man from Uncle. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Um. So next week, I'll let you promote something in a sec. Um. But next week, we will have Brad Anderson of Not a Bomb Podcast, where this lovely Friends with Cinephants podcast is host hosted. Um. Brad Anderson is going to be on, and we are going to be watching Akira. It is a oh. anime, a classic anime movie. I've never oh, seen okay. it, but I'm looking forward to it. I think um, I was thinking of Alita Battle Angel. When you yeah. That. <laughs> no, this is much different, I assume. Um, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen either, so. <laughs> so, Jake, thank you for joining, and let me just... If you have anything to promote at all, just say it. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess my friend started Twitch streaming, so I should promote that. Uh, there you go. I think it's called The New Gods Gaming. And there you go. I play games with him every now and then, so if you're not tired of hearing me, you might get to hear me again if you listen in. Yeah. What games does he play? Um, we play like Battlefield. Destiny. That's all I think. Okay. That's all I can cool. think of. Yeah, so if you guys are into Battlefield or Destiny, then check that out. Or me. Um, You're into me. Yeah. Tune that in. too. Um, and then I don't think I have anything else to promote this week. Actually, there was a podcast. They they're not around anymore. Um, but if you're into movies and kind of like the backstory on movies, I guess. Um, check out I Was There Too by Matt Gorley, I think. Um, he gets someone that was in a movie like that plays a small part and asks them, he just interviews them about their experience on the movie. So like one was um, the guy that plays Jar Jar Binks. Nice. And the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was actually like a famous voice actor now, I think. Um, so it's cool because he, he asked him about being Jar Jar and then about, you know, his voice acting stuff. So I'll add a link for that in the show notes. It's really cool. Check it out. Um, you got yeah, like that I, advertisement. <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't actually. Um, but yeah, uh, check us out on Twitter at CinefitsPod. You can email me with your questions or feedback. Um, friendswithcinefits at gmail.com um, I think that's about all I got check us out at notabombpodcast.com and listen to their podcast it's pretty awesome uh, they just do they review movie bombs I'm sure Brad will talk about it more next week and I'm sure they'll do a Guy Ritchie movie soon especially if Guy Ritchie keeps making movies because a lot of his is bomb. Um, yeah, I just roasted Guy Ritchie, <laughs> even though his most recent movie was Aladdin and it made a billion dollars, but I just roasted Guy Ritchie. That's more Disney than the movie, I'd say. Exactly, yeah. Um, you could have put probably anyone behind it and it would have made a lot. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining, Jake, and thanks I hope to have you me, back Alex. on soon. Thank you. And. Yep, everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great day, night, week. Bye.